Entrepreneur Sessions, the podcast. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the another edition of the Entrepreneur Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer, and here's your co-host, Mario. And we have a really exciting guest in the building today. We're very excited about this, and I know a lot of you are going to be excited because we all worry about this as business owners. How can we protect ourselves legally? How can we protect our businesses? So our guest today is the principal attorney at the Uba Law Group, and his practice focus on, focuses on helping entrepreneurs form businesses and form business entities and assess liabilities and shortcomings that put companies in danger. So he helps businesses structure themselves for present and future prote- protection and attract more lucrative partnerships. So without further ado, welcome Saludo Uba. Hey, there he is. So Mario, you're going to go ahead and kick off this conversation tonight. Cool. So how are you doing today, first of all, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. First of all, thank you guys so much for for having me, Jen, Mario. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for being here. I could talk about all day. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I'm amped to go. We're talking about some of the things that we'll discuss. I've looked over some of the notes, but I love organic, freeform conversation. And, you know, I eat, sleep, and breathe and stuff, so I can I can go all day. So if you need to shut me down, just let me know politely, and I'll stop talking. <laughs> oh, no. And the same, you might have to shut us down, because we love how passionate you are about what you do. So this is going to be a really good conversation. So. Indeed. Mario? Cool. So, all right, so our September theme is preparation for elevation. So this month we are focusing on ways that small businesses, uh, well, actually small business owners can prepare themselves for success in business. And so before we get started, tell us what was your inspiration behind, you know, starting your all offer? Um, yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, so pretty much uh, ever since I was, I was a young child, I imagined myself becoming an attorney going into the legal world. And you know, throughout throughout you know, school, high school, that was kind of my um, trajectory. So I'm a Nigerian first generation. Um, uh, I'm not an immigrant, but, but my parents were, were immigrants. I'm a first generation citizen here. And you know, one of the things that was ingrained in me as a child was just to go hard, go hard, go hard. You know, study, study a lot, get a good job coming out of school. So it was my aspiration to get a good job. And even becoming an attorney, I had to fight with my parents a little bit because they wanted me, you know, to go the engineering route, hard sciences and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I became an attorney, I graduated from the SMU Devlin School of Law here in Dallas. And, um, you know, really that was the goal, mission accomplished. And I was, you know, I was living a dream. I was working in civil litigation, doing good work getting experience, doing fun stuff uh, for the most part. But, you know, there came a time around my, my fourth year of practice where I started having internal conversations. It's like, do I see myself doing this for the rest of my life? You know, and, and just little small whispers here and there. You're going throughout life, you know, you're, you're, doing, you're doing your thing. You're, you're, you're having ups and downs. But you start to have those conversations. And then you go to networking events. You go to hangouts. You start meeting with some, some, of, your, uh, some of my other uh, attorney friends and colleagues. And you start to realize, I'm not the only person having this conversation. Uh, there, there was a group of friends of mine that all around the same time is like, hmm, this lawyer thing is cool, but as we're presently doing it, is this what we see us ourselves doing for the rest of our lives? And so for myself, I knew that I, I wanted something different. 
you know, I wanted something more. I was, I was actually, um, I was fortunate and privileged and blessed enough to be working at the oldest black owned law firm in the city of Dallas. Um, so I had a, a good cultural and, um, and personal perspective at my work, at my environment. I had, I had things I could relate to there, but still the question I'd ask myself is, do I wanna stay here for the next 10, 15, 20, X amount of years or at any law firm building up someone else's empire? Uh, so at the time, my wife and I were pregnant with our, with our first son, mainly my wife. Um, and it just really kind of crystallized things. It's like, hey, do I see myself being here? What if, you know, my son, he's going to grow up, he's going to have events, football games and karate and all that good stuff. Do I want to be stuck in an office or do I want to have the freedom to be able to be there and be a part of all those moments in life? Um, and so, you know, I decided that, hey, if I don't get out now, I'm going to be stuck here. So I resigned from my law firm position. Um, you know, it was a great experience, but I resigned and I uh, launched a real estate investing company um, back in 2017. Um, and so uh, real estate was just something I was interested in. And it, just the world of entrepreneurship and owning your own and creating something was something that was highly highly appealing to me. So 2017, launched my real estate investing company, still run it today. Um, but, you know, when you're an attorney and your friends and the people in your world kind of know you for that, you're the person that they go to for legal advice, for legal questions, regardless of if you practice in that area or not. You know, I have people asking me about immigration. I have people asking me about, you know, criminal. I don't know any of that stuff. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, but the one thing that consistently would pique my interest is when people would ask me questions about business and entrepreneurship as it pertained to the law. And so, you know, 2018 would come around, 2019, and I was kind of slowly, covertly on the side uh, helping my friends and, and, and colleagues set up businesses for themselves. And so, you know, it's the middle of last year. I'm like, hey, man, look, the writing's on the law. Let me, I'm, let me go ahead and formalize this thing. And so I launched the Uber Law Group um, with the, where we, the goal was to be a boutique law firm where we specialized in business formation and working with entrepreneurs. And so that was just where my passions were. You know, that's where, that's where, uh, that's the things that, that got me excited. And the funny thing is I'm wearing a shirt that says Mondays mean business. I'm not gonna mess with my camera or I'm messing around with my And so, so while that's so important to me, um, Mondays mean business is just, I remember at my, at my job dreading Sunday night lying down my head on my pillow saying, oh man, I got to come in on Monday and what's that going to look like? And now, you know, now I've created something for myself and I own it and I get to think through, I get to do something that I'm passionate about, that I'm excited about. I get to work with my clients and help them build and launch their dreams. Mondays mean business. Monday is a great day and it's a great start to the week and it's a great uh, time to just kind of hit the ground running and continue the momentum from the previous weeks. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of how uh, I got started in, in my firm, and that's kind of the genesis of, uh, of where we are today. Awesome. So when you, when you made the decision to step away from your, I guess I'd say your, you know, your steady money yeah. to venture off and start the real estate business, did you, was there, um, what was your plan? Like, did you have a certain amount of savings already stored away, like, what was that process of like, okay, how I'm going to survive while I'm doing this? Yeah. We were actually pretty fortunate. Um, my wife and I, we had friends that actually pretty much did what we were, what we were planning on doing. They were like six months ahead of us. 
So they kind of gave us the blueprint. All right, this is what the real estate world looks like. This is what it means to, to do a fix and flip. If you want a wholesale, this is how that works. Uh, this is what the rental market looks like. So we did have some savings, but you know, I'll, I'd say you know to anybody that listen, one of the the shoot to be realistic, the only way that I could have done this was with the support of my wife. So she's a pharmacist. She's a drug dealer legally, uh, and you know, she, she's over here. Uh, working the, the job that you know she went to school for and the profession that she's in and that's what's really uh, one of the bedrocks that gave me the freedom and the wings to let me go ahead and dive straight into this thing otherwise you know hey that that call for that craving stability is what keeps a lot of people uh stuck in situations and to be honest jen like you said that's the conversation i was having all the time yeah it's, it's nice to get paid every every two weeks. It, it's good to have that, that security and that consistency. Exactly. Um, but yeah, but just kind of my wife's support, having friends that had seen, uh, that had been down the road, having some savings, you know, we weren't, we weren't jumping all the way out the window. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is a risk. We took a risk with the hope that we would someday kind of get to where things are now. And, you know, by the grace of God, here we are. And, and the thing about that too, even though your wife works full time, you still need that support system because, you know, I've seen relationships where, you know, uh, uh, one of the spouses was working full time and, you know, the other person tried to start an entrepreneurship, but they didn't get that support. Yeah. You know, they, instead they got the nag say, Hey, you need to get a full time job versus, yeah. you know, that push to go ahead and do your own company. So, yeah. you know, it kind of works. That's, that's, that's real. Uh, and because, you know, just, just like you said, Mario, the entrepreneurial uh, mind is is different, especially when you come from the environment of a nine to five. There are a lot of luxuries to having a regular business. Like I, I remember walking out of my office at my old job, and I was like, "Huh, I'm gonna need to buy a desk and a chair and a monitor and you know and 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 you know shelving and book and all these all the stuff that you just take for granted, you know, at your at your old position that you are now the source of everything. So yeah, definitely." Having two people who are on the same page and who are supportive, and and you know having having a partner in your corner who's going to to push as, as hard as as she can to help you is a tremendous help. And, and to the contrary, having someone who doesn't understand that can really kind of waylay your hopes uh, to be successful in entrepreneurship. That's real. And it's not a bad partnership to have a legal drug dealer and a lawyer. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> playing. All right, so if you could have dinner with <laughs> if you could have dinner with any three people that are alive, who would you want to have dinner with and why? Yeah, um, you know, I think and it's funny this this answer just kind of popped to my head just now. I think having dinner with uh, with MLK would be would be really interesting, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Um, and, and just really with regards to his capacity uh, to to lead and to be forward thinking and to to be resolute and disciplined, uh, and it's funny because even even beyond the implications of the civil rights movement, you you got to think through uh, the type of, of fortitude, the type of internal uh, discipline and presence of mind to to go through and to organize and to inspire confidence in a great amount of people to follow you in a vision that they might not even entirely see. And then even on top of that, you know, thinking through things like his letters, uh, his letter in the Birmingham jail, that all, all, all of that brilliance that he recalled off of his mind with no resources in, in a prison. 
and the ability to 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 have that uh, that integrity, that internal uh, fire, that you know, that God given um, talent to to uh, to be a type of leader that people would like to follow. I think those are traits that can be incorporated into into anything. Um, so so I think MLK it would be a, a great person to to sit and have just real life discussions with. And then on the flip side, really when it comes to uh, to the business world. I think, and we'll probably get into it later. Um, one of the things that that everybody needs, uh, you know, are, are mentors, and, and mentors for different phases of your life. You know, so you want to have your peers for where you are in, in your current circle, and then you also want to have people who are you know, maybe five years ahead of you, but you also want to have people who are probably 25, 30 years ahead of you. And when it comes to uh, to business and to structuring, I think probably Robert Kiyosaki would also be someone who it would be great to sit down and to have dinner and have a conversation with. Um, I know personally, like so many other people, reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it, it, it unlocked the matrix in, in my mind and it kind of opened up um, my eyes to what could be and, and the real value of money and the power of money and the ability that it, that it has to, to transform your life and then also uh, to, to let you add value to a lot of people's lives. Um, so that's two. Let me work on that third one. If something brilliant hits me, I'll let you know before, before the conversation is over. It's, it's very funny, though, because we interviewed um, Gaius Chibuzi, who's the founder of uh, TapCoin, is like a huge Bitcoin uh, uh, startup. And I don't even want to call it a startup because it's making a ton of money yeah. uh, organization. And he mentioned Rich Dad, Poor Dad as one of those books that really just changed his whole mind frame as far as what he's what he was capable of achieving so that's interesting that book is always so if anybody hasn't read that obviously that's a great start if you're interested in becoming an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. and, and you have pinpoint on something also mentorship you know it's one of those things where even if you're a mentor yourself you still need someone mentoring you you know it's, like, it's like a workout trainer I, I when i used to go work out back in the day on a regular basis my trainer had a trainer and that trainer had a trainer so it's like you need other people to kind of motivate you and push you as well yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, like just just even from everything from from your spiritual life, from your home life to business to relationships, you know, we are created and we're designed for, for community and to, to be accountable and to not be isolated. I have, a, I have a friend who says, you know, life was made to be insulated, not isolated. You want to bring good people around you to, to, you know, both to aspire to, but also to hold you accountable. Oftentimes, as entrepreneurs and business owners, you just have the, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to create it by myself. I'm going to live the dream. But a lot of times you're not working as hard as you could be uh, because you want to, uh, you, you want to just be the only person doing it and you don't necessarily want to be accountable. And so when someone else comes in and uh, forces you to, Hey, are you working as hard as you could be? Are you being as efficient as you, as you should be? Are you doing this and that? It's, it's, it's a great thing, but if you're not ready for it, it can kind of, it can kind of turn you off and, and make you, uh, live beneath what you could be so yeah that mentorship that community is so important oh definitely now the million dollar question um so as a father and as a husband and as a business owner how do you balance that life you know because even i find it very hard you know because i've been an entrepreneur for for decades yeah i find it hard to separate that whole business and, and personal lifestyle so how do you how do you balance it out yeah yeah, that's 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 such a good question. Um, honestly, the concept of work-life balance is, is one that I've I've 
thought through for the longest time. And depending on who you talk to, people are like, yeah, you know, you just got to carve out a balance. And to some degrees, I feel like, and sometimes you, there can be a balance, but in general, I think that the balance, the way that we see it a lot of times is probably a myth. Like you're never going to have, oh, my family is right here. My job is right here. My, my hobby. That's just not real. Life comes in highs and lows. There are seasons uh, for, for different things that you're going to be participating in. And I think one thing for me is it's important to prioritize. Um, and so at, at certain times and certain seasons, certain things are important. So like, just I'll, I'll give you a typical day. Um, I, I have two small children, so I'm typically up at six o'clock. Well, I'm typically up at, at midnight, then at two o'clock then at six o'clock or, you know, so, so my, my day starts earlier than that. And we're pretty much between six and eight o'clock. We're getting the kids ready. We're preparing them and, you know, and they're getting, they're getting ready to, to go to school and do their thing. And then from eight to about five ish, that's, that's kind of my zone to work. So I, during that time, the priority is not, you know, kids or relationships, the priority is work. So I'm creating and crafting a type of life where I can focus in and get uh, done what needs to be done. After that, you know, I'm still going to have work things on my mind. And if time permits, at the end of the day, when, when things have calmed down, I can try to, to, to zero out uh, a few other things. But after that, mainly it's family time. And so, you know, I have clients. Yet. If you call me at, at 630, I'm not going to pick up. And, you know, and I've had clients who, who have come to realize that just by, by, by uh, habit and by pattern and then realizing that, you know, I'm not available to you at this time because there's a priority. There's a triage of events. Mind you, if there's something crazy and drastic and there's something that needs to be done immediately, people understand and the family can, can rally around you and, and they'll understand that. But trying my best, what I've discovered is, hey, you know, there's going to be seasons of high intense, you know, focus and work. Um, they're going to be seasons in, in lesser intensity, just working within the season and trying to prioritize what has to be done uh, then and, and creating the life um, that, that you want to have. Because, because I, think, I think at the end of the day, as entrepreneurs, we fight and we, uh, we struggle, to, we, we, we struggle to, to build this life that we want to, but sometimes we get so caught up that we're now a slave to our entrepreneurial kingdom. So we became a business owner, we became an entrepreneur to have freedom, and now the, the person binding us is ourself. So you got to be very vigilant in how you kind of you, you balance things out like that. Wow. Yeah. Like you said earlier, I think it's also very important, like who you marry as well. You have to make sure that you guys are aligned. Because mm -hmm. I can just imagine, even like as a single person, how you don't have any time when you're building up a business from scratch. But you have a family, there's a lot of other dynamics. So you definitely have to be like aligned when it comes to that. So, all right, we're going to jump into this, the legal side of our conversation tonight. And I wanted to know, what are the top mistakes you see business owners make when it comes to protecting themselves and their business legally? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I love this question. I love this question. I hate this question at the same time. Um, so uh, like I said, I'm an attorney. I obviously focus on business formation. And the, the, the biggest thing that I would communicate is that, you know, for business owners, understanding that your business is more than the sheet of paper uh, that you file with the Secretary of State. So we're here, we're here in Dallas. I'm a Texas licensed attorney. Um, and so I tell all of my clients that anybody can go and file a Form 205 Certificate of Formation and create an LLC in the state of Texas. But just having that piece of paper is not what protects your business. 
to my class all the time, you don't want a paper LLC, you want to have you want to have a performing LLC. And there's a big difference. So understanding that, you know, it, it's so sad because you see so many brilliant uh, business owners and entrepreneurs who are so passionate and will pour their entire life's work and their life savings into this great idea and this great business that they have and will put so much blood, sweat, and tears into it, but they're going to protect it with something that, you know, that took them 10 minutes to come up with, click, 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 and you send something to Secretary of State's office and you think that's going to protect you. You know, I'm in a lot of business groups and sadly, there are a lot of folks that are just taking time bombs where if they get sued or if they run across the wrong client or if they rub someone the wrong way and they pursue an action against them, that thing is going to blow up. <clears throat> so the most important thing that I would say is to, to make sure, is to understand it's really a transformative, um, transformative thing. Uh, when we work with a client, we, we do more than just file documents with them. We take them and we incorporate the entrepreneur and the business owner, the CEO mindset. And when it comes to your business, you have to run it legitimately. You have to function like a, a, a running business. You have to have a performing LLC, if you will. You have to have your internal documents set up, your operating agreement on point. You have to have your state compliance. You need to know what's going on with your franchise tax, your registered agent. You need to not co-mingle funds. You need to not co-mingle funds. You need to not co-mingle funds. That will blow up your company. If you have a business, you must have a business bank account. No, none of the business money can go into your personal account. Sorry, I, I get it. As, as you might be able to tell, that's a pet peeve because you know there are lots of businesses that are in, in dire jeopardy and get put in very bad positions because people aren't taking the steps that they need to because they think that they have a piece of paper from the state and that's what protects them. That does not protect you. You need to function and operate like a legitimate business. Wow, that's crazy. Do you know like how many people, I mean, you can go on YouTube in five seconds and say, form your LLC for less than $300. And people are really doing that and thinking that they're just okay. Yeah. And that, oh, well, I got an LLC now. So no, if I get sued, you know, not really knowing that oh, there's so many different layers to that. The LLC is just, Basically, like what? It's just the, um, it's just the, I guess the building block, but it's not the foundation. Indeed, indeed. And so, you know, there, there are lots of people that do that. I'm telling them, hey, you might get what you want, but you're not going to want what you get. You know, it's, yeah. it's the first thing. And, and so kind of somewhat related to this is just the idea of, you know, working uh, with a professional. I, I think, uh, I think it's really fascinating that as entrepreneurs, and, and I'm, I'm one myself. So I, we talked about my real estate investing company, but my, me and my wife were serial entrepreneurs. We own multiple businesses. We've launched multiple businesses. So when I'm talking with clients, I know how to put on the business hat and take off the lawyer hat and to be able to empathize and to put myself in their shoes because I'm there today right now doing business. So I know how important it is um, to, to have those things in order. Um, but, but you got to realize um, it's, it's more than just the, the piece of paper. You have to operate uh, properly and you have to invest in yourself. And one thing that, that I recently heard that kind of blew my mind, um, LeBron James, best basketball player in the world. Mm -hmm. He hires someone to teach him how to play basketball. He hires a coach to train him on how to do the things that he already does elitely at a greater level. So, but with us as entrepreneurs, we have this, uh, this myth, this mirage, this facade that we have to do everything ourselves and we got to figure this out ourselves and we got to do 
marketing, we gotta push ourselves. And and in reality, the situation is you're not gonna go far, you're not gonna succeed and go far uh, trying to do everything yourself that you're not a master at. So so finding people to be on your team to to shorten your learning curve will save you tremendous amount of time. And and just kind of what, what I've come to learn personally is you know when you're working with clients who don't recognize the value that you provide as a professional, professional of any type. So I'm a legal professional. And, and even as my business has grown, my rates are, are pretty competitive. I'm not the cheapest person at all. And I don't apologize for that because the, the value that you're providing, I had a call with a, with a client on Saturday. We had about a three minute conversation. I saved them, I'm sure thousands of dollars. Just like that, the value that you're receiving, you have to see it uh, in yourself, but you also have to see it from the person who's providing that service to you. Um, so yeah, so I can I can go on uh, for for a while. I understand, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're first starting out, and things are hard, things are real. You got to pay bills. There's only so much money that you have, but realizing that this is an investment, not into some random company or business or just a nine to five. This is an investment into yourself. If this pays off, your life will forever be changed. So you got to invest in it. You got to do it the right way. And you got to put yourself in a position to win. Yeah, you had me sweat a minute ago because uh, when you mentioned about commingling your funds and stuff like that, I've been guilty of that earlier on when I started the business. You know, I had yeah. a business account, I had a personal account, and then I ended up kind of dipping in both of them. Yeah. And then come tax time, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know what I spent on? to detangle that thing. Right. Man. Yeah. Um, so speaking about the LLC, um, we've been, you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, I, I got an LLC, I got a corporation, I need an S corp, you know, with the LLC and the S corp, what is the difference? You know, when should a person get an LLC and when should they get an S corp? That's a really good question. Um, and so to answer that question, I'm going to, I'm going to go down to some essential building blocks. Um, so when you're talking about your business entity, there's the legal side and there's the tax side. Uh, so it's important to understand what, what both of those functions are. So when you have an LLC, and we'll talk about LLCs just because, you know, as, as a general rule, they're the most common business entity. In my personal experience and in my practice, the majority, the vast majority, 99% of your clients are going to need an LLC and would likely be best served by an LLC. There are kind of a some circumstances where corporations make sense. If you're a tech startup, you're looking for you know investors and things like that, and you want to have shareholders have the possibility for easy investment and, and no liability. That's traditionally where you see corporations come in. But a lot of times, so many of your business purposes can be served by an LLC effectively and with the least amount of headache for the majority of us entrepreneurs who are typically you know a single member entrepreneur, maybe one or two people, maybe husband and wife, whatever it is. So so I'm going to focus on LLCs in a lot of my examples. Um, so when we're thinking about your, your business entity or your LLC, there's a legal side and there's a tax side. Um, so the LLC is a state recognized legal entity. It's separate from you as a person. So when you're doing business in your LLC, if something happens to the business, your money, your house, your car, your assets, they're not affected. The business is separate from you and you have liability protection. So that's, that's the legal aspect. Now the tax aspect. Um, uh, an S corporation uh, is a tax election. And the reason why this is important is because when it comes to the IRS, the IRS does not recognize an LLC. Um, it, it's not, a, it's not an, uh, a tax distinction. So what that means is if you're a single member LLC, if it's just one person, you are taxed 
um, your LLC is considered a disregarded entity or a pass-through entity. And so what that means is, you know, say I have a business making tables, Saludos Tables LLC, and my business makes $100,000 um, in profit. So that $100,000 does not go to the LLC. When I do taxes, it, it passes through my LLC and it goes to me personally in my personal tax return. So you don't file the tax return for the LLC. It's a pass-through entity. So all the profits or the losses pass through to your personal uh, uh, income tax. Um, and so that's how LLC is taxed. Now, when you take an S-Corp election, the reason why an S-Corp is created um, is because in addition to you know, your personal income tax that you would make in that scenario that we just described, you have a business that makes 100K, you have to pay taxes on that 100K, like your, federal, your regular income taxes. However, in addition to that, you also have to pay payroll taxes. Um, and we oftentimes don't think about this, but when you work your nine to five, uh, your regular uh, W-2 job, you'd get your pay stub. And you'd see it, particularly in the state of Texas, the other states that have different types of taxes, state income tax, all that other stuff. But in the state of Texas where uh, there's no state income tax, you would see um, uh, Social Security and Medicare come out of that. That's known as payroll taxes or FICA tax. Um, so, you know, if you got a check, the amount that you saw taken out um, is actually half of the amount that you owe. So um, a business or, or any, any a payment that, that's made, a paycheck that's collected is subject to 15.3 um, payroll tax. So when you see your taxes, that's half of it. That's 7.65 and your, your employer pays the other 7.65. And so, but that's in the W-2. When you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner, you pay that entire 15.3% in, in payroll taxes on top of your federal personal income tax. So let's use the same example. Um, we have Saludos Table Company, LLC. Um, I make $100,000 in profit, and let's just say my personal taxes are $25,000. I have $25,000 uh, in federal taxes that I have to pay for myself personally. Now, off of that $100,000, I have to pay on top of that 15.3% in payroll taxes, self-employment taxes. So that means $25,000 plus 15.3% of $100,000, which is $15,000 and some change. So I have to pay $40,000 in taxes. Wow. People don't like that. I don't like that. Um, and so here's where the S corporation comes in. So the S corporation, like we said before, is a tax election. And what it does is you're gonna tell the IRS, hey, I have an LLC, I want it to be taxed like an S corp. And so when you're taxed like an S corp, what you can do is take your profit and you can take a portion of that and have that be designated as a reasonable salary. So now the 15.3% that got taxed on everything, it only gets taxed on the reasonable salary. So let's, let's give an example. Um, the same, same scenario, Saludos Tables LLC, makes $100,000, I have $25,000 I have to pay in my personal income tax, um, but instead of the 15.3% uh, self-employment payroll tax, instead of that being assessed against the whole 100K, it only gets assessed against uh, a reasonable salary, let's call it $50,000. So the 15.3% only comes out of $50,000 as opposed to $100,000. Off the bat, you save $7,650 that you do not have to pay in taxes that you would have had to pay. So that's, that's, that's powerful. When I'm working with clients, uh, in addition to just, you know, the legal stuff and the technical uh, work that we're doing, the drafting that we're doing, there's, like we said, that entrepreneurial uh, transformation mindset. And one of the things that I teach them is I call it SIM. Saving is making. When you save money on taxes, you have just made money. 
And you know, it's the best type of making money because you don't have to do any additional work for it. You know, the, 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 the power of the S corporation is that on a year in, year in basis, year in and year out basis, uh, you, you will continue to save that same money on taxes that you would have otherwise had to pay. And I know for some, uh, for some entrepreneurs, that's kind of the disconnect. When you're saving something that would have come out of taxes, you might not necessarily see it in your mind, but that's additional funds that you can invest into your business. You can add to your savings. You can, you can uh, turn it into real estate. You can invest in the stock market. You can do all sorts of things uh, with it. So, so the S-Corp is a powerful tool. Now, um, there are some criteria uh, that you need to, to maintain it. Um, the mainly... Um, the S corporation now changes your LLC about five or so minutes ago. We said that the LLC is taxed as a disregarded entity or a pass through entity. Um, now that's changed. Now you have uh, a separate tax return for your, uh, for your S corporation. That's 1120 S and you have to practically, you have to you know, hire an accountant to, to do that tax work in that preparation. They're going to charge fees. You have to take a, you have to take a, a salary. You can have a 941. You can have things associated with having the salary, but in the, in the big scheme of things, the benefit that you receive is way uh, is way more than kind of some of the administrative costs that it takes to, uh, to set that up. And because of that, um, there's there's a practical timing for creating an escort. Um, so like we just said, you're going to have to hire an accountant. You're going to have to have some administrative fees that are, that are ongoing. So because of that, it makes sense to start to have the escort conversation when your business is making around thirty to forty thousand uh, dollars in profit. When you start to to see that your business is heading towards there, then it makes sense to to set up an escort. If you're just starting out you're making five, 10 K. It doesn't make sense to have an S corp because the benefit of the S corp is saving money on taxes. But if you only save like $300 on taxes, but now you've got to hire your accountant to, to do your business taxes and he charges you a thousand dollars, you're, you're balling backwards. Um, so, so there is a timeline for it. I tell my clients around 30, $40,000, then start having that conversation because that's when we'll make financial sense. So we talked about, uh, we talked about LLC. We talked about S corp. What about just straight, what is it, Inc. Incorporated? Is that the same? What's the difference? Yeah, and so um, corporations, uh, you know, it, it's so interesting. And I'm not gonna bore you with the history of corporations, but but it's interesting because the LLC it was kind of birthed out of the corporation, in that the corporation was the the historic company, and so it gives you that same liability protection. Um, you know, anything that happens to the business, you're not gonna be uh, held personally liable. Your assets are gonna be protected. If the business gets sued, the business gets sued, not yourself. So it has that same liability protection. However, there are a lot of corporate formalities that come along with a, with a corporation. You have to have a board of directors. You have to elect officers in many situations. You have to have formal meetings. You have to have you know, everything drafted out typically to make any large business decisions um, in the corporation. And so these are things that can, you know, it's nice and it makes sure things are done in order and it, it makes sure that a, a lot of the actions of the businesses are clearly communicated. However, if it's just you LLC or, or you business owner by yourself and you're a one man show, one woman show, it can be really cumbersome on a practical level. I don't want to have, you know, a meeting minutes when I just want to go to the bank and set up and uh, move my bank from Wells Fargo to Chase. It can be practically cumbersome. Um, and that's why the, the LLC was kind of birthed out of that. Um, but the corporation offers the same liability protection, but like we said, it has more uh, very stringent um, uh, corporate formalities. 
And so that's, that's one thing. On top of that, the second reason, and the big reason why the, I'd say the majority of clients and entrepreneurs aren't best served with a corporation is that a corporation is subject to double taxation. And so here's what I mean. Um, with a corporation, let's take our same example, Saludos Tables, Inc. now, because I'm a corporation. Saludos Tables, Inc. made $100,000 in profit this year. A corporation is subject to double taxation. So that means that $100,000 is taxed at the corporate level. Uh, corporate level is 21%. And then um, when I want to take out money myself to pay myself out of the business, it's taxed again. I'm taxed at my personal um, tax level. So you are taxed twice um, when you have a corporation. Now, sometimes people will say, hey, well, you can get around that and doing you know, a little bit of slight legal or tax sleight of hand. You can just not take money out of the business. And sure, that's great, um, but if you don't take money out of the business, you're not getting paid. And I believe there's an IRS rule, I'm forgetting the that specific name of it, but the language is after a period of time, if the IRS sees that, hey, you're just sitting on money and you're not taking anything out, they're going to tax you on that regardless because they, you know, they see the game that you're trying to play. There are very few circumstances where that can last for a long time. So practically speaking, and, and this is where we start to get into the realm of you know, your, your regular entrepreneur, your day in day in business owners, like you're not gonna be in that position. And hopefully, uh, you know, if you do have a business that is that position, then you're kind of structured and you have a plan to, to do something strategic there. The majority of owners don't wanna be subject to double taxation. They wanna have freedom of that liability protection. They wanna be safe in their business, but you know, they don't wanna to have to run around and have such strong and stringent corporate formalities. I have hard times getting some clients to like you said, Mario, keep the business money in the business account, keep the present money in the personal account. Much less have to, you know, to, to take all these different formalities on top of that. So a corporation is a strong entity, powerful entity. The majority of like big Fortune 500 companies um, our corporations, but for the majority of, of our regular, hey, I'm, I'm creating this business, I'm offering this dope service to people, uh, and, you know, I'm doing good work, they want something that will protect them, but also give them a little bit of elbow room and flexibility. Um, and that's why, personally, in my experience, LLCs have been the preferred entity. So when you're incorporated, I'm sorry, I just have one more question and we can move on. But if you're incorporated, you're being taxed at 21%. So... Where's the value? Um, is it because they're making, at that point, you're a Fortune 500, you're making millions to possibly billions of dollars a year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, so, so there is a pro and a con. So the corporate um, status uh, of, of ownership, um, it, it, it's run differently. So with an LLC, you have members. The members are the L of the LLC are the owners, or the people that, that created and own the LLC. With the corporation, you have shareholders. And now, depending on how your entity is structured, when you look at like these big Fortune 500 companies, you think about Tesla, you think about Apple, they just had a stock split. And so that allows people to purchase stock in that company and to purchase shares of that company. So the corporate structure is built, like we said earlier, the majority of you know, people who are now doing corporations from an from a entrepreneurial start position, they're setting it up so that people can flood the company with money off of the hopes that the hey, they're delivering the service, so they have a product that's going to be really great. People are going to want to purchase it. So the, the ability to, to have ownership um, in the company in the forms of shares and to, to purchase um, your, your shares with the hopes that it's going to appreciate and the company is going to be worth more. And then also for the company um, owners or the directors, the corporation directors, 
um, they know that, hey, people can get in and people can invest in my company more easily. And so that's typically what you see happening um, with these Fortune 500 companies and these cor excuse me, corporations, these corporations that are operating on a, on, a, on a bigger level. And then also for startups, when you, know, you want to have an angel investor, you want to have different levels of people you know, putting money into your business, you, wanna, you want to have a, um, an entity that's friendly for that and that there's a, a long history of legal precedent to back that up. Well, all right. Yeah, I, I could see how a lot of companies, or not companies necessarily, but business owners get overwhelmed because yeah. that in alone, you just kind of like, oh, my mind is blown. I don't even know where to begin. Um, and I'm sure you come across a lot of people who kind of get overwhelmed after you talk to them. And, you know, you kind of give them the information, the lowdown as far as, you know, how they should structure their companies. Uh, what is your advice to some of those individuals? You know, they, they, they get all this knowledge and they're just like, man, I, my mind is just blown. I don't even know where to begin. Now I'm just going to sit down and watch, you know, cartoons. I don't, I don't know. But how do you, what, what do you do to kind of like say, okay, here's the knowledge, here's the information. Let me help you navigate. You know, how, what do you, what's your procedure? Yeah, so so that's that's such a great question, Mario. And and really because it can be information overload, and you know, you've heard the phrase paralysis analysis. You just got so much info that there's so many things to do that you do nothing, that you just stay stuck in a box. Um so so the way I've structured my firm um to, to help clients is to to try to make this as down to earth and as simple as possible. Um and so when I'm meeting with a client. You know, the, the first thing that, that, that we do is we have a strategy session. We have a session where I break down step by step. Hey, this is what we're doing in your business. This is what we're going to be drafting. These are the steps. These are the formalities that, that we're doing. And, 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 and the reason that we do that is, once again, we're taking you from an employee or having a nine-to-five mindset, a W-2 mindset, and we're doing a transformative process to really becoming an entrepreneur. And, and you want to do that in bite-sized pieces. You don't want to overwhelm someone. So uh, when we're together and you have the, the luxury of me being right there with you, training you and teaching you about all these steps is, is how I'll go piece at a time. So if I had someone who was, um, who was just trying to, 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 to jump in is, is just kind of learn, take, take baby steps. If you're gonna become an ent uh, a business and you feel that you need a business entity, just study the differences between an LLC or sole proprietorship or potentially a corporation. Um, and see and see what the differences are between those. They're, they're YouTube videos. I have videos on, on my YouTube page. I'm trying to grow that to add more value uh, that just kind of break down those three, uh, those three uh, business designations right there. Take baby steps. But, but the, the reality of the situation is you can, <laughs> you can do this and you can accomplish it. And, and one, one of the things that, that I think we need to, to get over is, hey, what if I make a wrong move? One of the things, because one of the things that's so great about the legal world, and I discovered this even in law school, 99% of the time, if you screw something up, there is a fix for it. You know, if, if you're paying attention and if you're trying to be, you know, conscientious of what's happening, if you mess something up, like even the example that you gave earlier, uh, Mario, about um, commingling funds, you know, it happens. It's life. Stuff goes in the wrong spot. You can, hey... Let me just document this. Oh, this is supposed to be in that account. That was a mistake. Just keep a general record of it and rectify it as soon as you can. So similarly, if you're getting if you're getting started, take the first step. Get started. Speak with an attorney. Speak with an expert. Speak with someone who can who can hold your hand uh, through it because that's also another part of it. 
you know, you can shorten your learning curve by working with someone who does this day in and day out. And, and this isn't like shameless promotion for me. Work with whomever makes you comfortable, whoever you're available, whoever is available to uh, you. But but one of the things that I see so many times is as entrepreneurs, like I said before, we feel the need to do everything ourselves. And I have to master have all these different, and you're, it's not going to happen, or at least it's not going to happen the way you'd like it to. And, and I, um, kind of on, on that note of, of the co-mingling part, you know, I've been told before, you know, okay, you get, you're working, you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and you're working a nine to five and you get paid every week or every two weeks, whatever, a percentage of your paycheck should go towards your business into the bank account. Is that true? And, and if so, are you protected or is that money protected or, or what are your, what's your advice on that? So, so, so could you clarify the question for me? Is it saying if you have a W-2 job and you're also an entrepreneur, a percentage of your W-2 job should go towards your business? Exactly, exactly. Like 10%, 15%. Is, is that something, is that like good advice? Because I've been given that advice before from different people. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so it's, it's really, um, it's really kind of a personal decision. You know, there, there are some business owners that, that will just straight up jump out the window. Hey, I'm starting right now. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do anything, everything from scratch. And then there are other business owners that are, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit my job two years and six months from now. I'm gonna save this portion of each paycheck and I'm gonna have a hundred thousand dollars waiting on me when I launch the entrepreneurship no model is necessarily wrong. No model is necessarily right. There's inherent risk and rewards with everything. So if you're the saver, if you're taking money from your paycheck and you're putting it away, you have the benefit of having a nice amount of financial resources. However, because of the delay that you have, uh, the delay that you're incorporating in, you might lose out on something when it comes to, uh, to time and opportunity. Um, the person who's jumping in right now, who's carpe dieming and seizing the day, they're, they're going to be in a position to take uh, advantage of spontaneous opportunities that, that present themselves. However, at the same time, an opportunity without the resources needed, the money needed to, to take full advantage of it, sometimes be no opportunity at all. Um, so, so kind of that balance there, it, you know, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on knowing yourself as well. If you're the type of person, just a case in point, I have a good friend and a client. You know they're they're in uh, they're in the design space they're in the artistic space they're in the creative space so you know sometimes it can be feasting or famine you can be doing really well or you can have dry spots and so they've made the determination that they want to have a a strong uh, reserve and they want to have a strong amount of money and funds saved up to protect themselves and to kind of just give them internal peace. The other entrepreneurs I know that, hey, I know I can make money. I know that, you know, I can do a side hustle. I can do this or that. Or I'm not concerned with it. I want to take advantage of the situation. So it's, it's a combination of using sound judgment. You want to have something saved up. But also knowing yourself is, is you being concerned about money stalling you or holding you back from maximizing on a situation. So, yeah, it, that, that balance, it's, it's hard to say, to say what is right and what's wrong, but just knowing yourself and having a plan, I think, is the best, uh, the best answer. Cool. I love it. All right. So we have a few more questions before we transition into Q&A, because I'm sure some other people have some questions they would like to ask. But um, what, do you, what, what, what does your average day look like? both as an entrepreneur and, you know, also as, you know, well, I mean, you're an entrepreneur in both of your businesses, both as an attorney and at, in the real estate field. So actually, 
especially since you are you have two separate businesses, a family, a small infant, all of these different things going on. Give us a, a breakdown, a day in the life. Like how does your morning start? How does your day end? Yeah. Um, so, so we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. My mornings, uh, got two small babies, so I'm, I'm up throughout the night, but my mornings will probably officially start around six, uh, get the kids ready, um, send them off to school, and around eight o'clock, um, that's when, between eight and nine o'clock, you know, the schedule will vary. That's when I kind of have time to, to zone in and, and focus there. Um, one of the things that I've been learning, particularly this past year, is just kind of prioritizing uh, time blocking and, you know, not having yourself open to all tasks at once. So I have an amount of time that I'm going to focus on responding to emails, responding to clients. I have a different amount of time that I'm going to focus on my legal drafting, getting my, my clients' documents in order. I have another amount of time that I'm going to focus on, hey, let me do some social media marketing. Let me get content that I'm going to prepare uh, to, to, to educate people. I have another amount of time that, hey, let me get in front of this camera and record some, some video content to engage in, in different platforms. I have another amount of time is, hey, let's plan the big picture of the business in themselves. And there's another block of time that's, uh, hey, maybe you should sit down and rest your brain for a little bit. Um, so depending on kind of what season that we're in, even now, I'm, I'm getting ready to, um, to launch a course for business owners, for entrepreneurs that teaches them the foundations and the basics. So, so uh, now I've been compressing some of those other tasks to give more attention and more time uh, to this course that's, that's more imminent. Um, but, but it's really just a matter of what I've been learning personally is, you know, you can't have yourself open to everything at all times. Focusing and time blocking is key, and it's made me a whole lot more efficient. So, so that'll happen um, between um, 9 to 5 generally. Um, and so I'll go and pick up uh, the kids, or my wife will pick up the kids. And then that's family time. Um, really, that's family time from then to about 9 o'clock. Um, depending on how things are, what time I have to get up, what time I anticipate waking up again, I'll maybe put an hour or so more uh, just working and having a little bit of free time, alone time uh, to do that. And then, you know, it's kind of go to bed and repeat. Um, and so, yeah, so just finding that rhythm is key, depending on what your life situation is. Um, you know, when I had no kids, I had, I, thought, I think I'm a night out. I'd love to just zone in and focus in just me on the computer working, not a lot of distractions, being able to focus up. Um, but as your life transitions, you got to be able to adapt. You got to be able to pivot and roll with the punches. So, so that's kind of how we are. As seasons of life change, we're going to change with it. Awesome. All right. Well, I mean, this has been a really good conversation. I think what I'm going to do is we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, asking you basically what's the most important advice that you could offer to entrepreneurs in general, and then we're going to go into Q&A. So just any advice that you have for entrepreneurs, um, you yeah. know, or aspiring entrepreneurs. I love this question. Um, and so I think the, the hardest, the hardest part of my entrepreneurial journey was when I left my job, I resigned from my law firm, and that first three or four months uh, when I started to dive real deep into my real estate investing business. And so I didn't know a lot. I had some friends showing me the way, but what I learned in there uh, during that period of time, four simple words, you can do it. Whatever that it is, you can figure it out. And that's kind of the beauty of entrepreneurship. Like you're going to have a little bit of information, but you know, 
there's so much that, that you don't know. You've heard the phrase, there's the known knowns, there's the known unknowns, and there's the unknown unknowns. So the things that you don't know that you don't know. And you're gonna figure them out along the way. But the big thing is to have confidence that whatever the obstacles are, you know, you're not the first person to, to do this. You know, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, as the proverb says, you can figure it out. So that, that's my biggest piece of advice to entrepreneurs. You can do it. You can figure it out. Plenty of people have done it before and you can be one of them. So, so be encouraged. Don't be paralyzed by fear. You're not, you're not conquering some new mountain. You can do it. Awesome. I love it. So Mario, I'm gonna let you go ahead and jump off uh, Q&A. For anybody who has any questions, you, don't, you can come on camera if you want to, or if you want to, you can just turn off, uh, you know, open your mic and you can keep your camera off, whatever you feel comfortable with. Uh, Mario, you can jump in. And so as, as we're about to go into Q&A, how can people find more information about you? How can we contact you and all that stuff? I appreciate that. Um, so um, my website is ubalawgroup.com, U-B-A-L-A-W-G-R-O-U-P.com, ubalawgroup.com. And so that'll be the hub of where the majority of my information is. Um, but I'm also on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash ubalawgroup. Um, and on Instagram, I am the entrepreneur lawyer, exactly like it sounds, the entrepreneur lawyer. Um, I'm working on kind of uniforming that thing, but still playing around with some strategies. You want to have certain presence on, on different social media platforms. But I definitely have a hub where you can find all that stuff. That's my website, ubalawgroup.com. Um, and that's where, um, that's where anybody can go if they want to work with me, if they want these done-for-you uh, systems and services and processes. If you're in the state of Texas uh, for uh, business formation, um, you can reach me there. Um, but yeah, I also have a YouTube page, theentrepreneurlawyer.com, where it's just videos and just sharing resources, strategies, and content. Um, and yeah, if you, if, if you Google it, you'll find a link to something that will take you to, to the rest of those platforms. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Questions. There's some questions coming down the uh, pipeline. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you can, just go ahead and unmute your, um, your uh, line so you can ask it live. You don't have to uh, turn on your camera, but uh, feel free to just go ahead and ask it live. And if not, just feel free to PM me and I'll ask it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only reason why I got my camera on is because I, I just got my hair did. So you like it? Hi. Um, my name is Bridget. First of all, thank you so much for coming on and for having everyone on. I'm a little late, so I missed a lot because I was at work. I was just getting off of work, and I jumped right on. Oh, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Mr. Uber. Thanks for coming. Um, my question is, we have a business that's registered, uh, my partner and I, and everything is in place. However, we haven't launched yet, and we just discovered that there's another business with our same name and pretty much the exact same logo except for the color on IG. So how do we, what is your advice as far as how to go about handling something like that? Yeah. So, so that's a good question. It, it, it can be unfortunate, but this is actually something that happens pretty commonly. Um, and it, it's important that you brought that up because 
Um, another practice area that my, that my law firm has kind of uh, evolved into is also trademarking intellectual property because it's kind of an offshoot of entrepreneurs who are creating something. And as the business begins to grow, they're going to need to protect their brand and protect their intellectual property. Um, so there, there, there are two streams of thought that I have. Um, uh, first of all, it's important that, that you do a trademark, uh, trademark research or if you find an attorney to do that for you. Because if the other company, if they have the rights to that name, if they have the rights to that logo, then that's, that's kind of the end of the conversation. Uh, they have the rights and they can uh, enforce them against people who are trying to infringe upon those rights. Um, if it's the both of you guys operating at the same time and no one necessarily has, uh, has those rights or asserted those rights, um, then now it's more of a strategic and it's more of a practical consideration. Um, is the way that you're presenting your business going to distinguish you in the market or is it going to cause confusion? Are you going to have clients that would have come, uh, that, that were thinking they were coming to your business, accidentally end up in the other business? So at that point, you have to make uh, a decision. Do I want to do something to distinguish my business uh, or do I want to make the decision to change my business name? Uh, so, so I'm going to share something that, that's a little bit controversial, but not really. Um, in my experience working with entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur myself, here's, here's what I've, I've, I've seen. You know, as, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we get very caught up on our name. But here's the thing. Nobody cares about your name. Nobody. No one cares about your business's name. No one cares about my business's name. In the real estate world, I've done, I've, we've done over seven figures in transactions. I don't think a client knows the name of my business. Uh, because at the end of the day, and, and I'll make some caveats, there are obviously some incredible names that, that immediately and inherently add value and provide distinction. So there are obviously those in, in the category. But for the majority of us, we're coming up with something creative, something catchy, something sexy that'll pull people in. And there's so much creativity in the world that if someone else has that name, that might be a very good reason to pivot because the clients are drawn to you by the value that you're providing, the product that you're giving, the servicing that you're, that you're giving. Your name Typically, you care more about it than anybody else. So, so those are kind of from a legal, uh, practical, and just a, a big picture uh, standpoint. That's how I respond uh, to, to that situation. Good point. That's a great point. Thank you so much for responding. You're welcome. Thanks so much for your question. All right. So we got Yinka on camera. Hi, Yinka. Hi. Hi. I'm the business partner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we basically had, you know, the same question. Um, just wondering, is it worth, definitely we feel strongly enough about pursuing the trademark and we know that takes time, but we were also considering maybe going through like a cease and desist letter because from the research that we've been able to see, it definitely was theft of intellectual property because the usage didn't start until about, six months after we released our logo and our um we've been operating under the name for a couple of years but the actual logo copying started six months after we released the logo mm -hmm. so that's where we're just kind of at right now at the crossroad because we know the trademark takes time but should we go ahead and try to pursue at least yeah. um the cease and desist letter so that way maybe just out of that they'll realize okay yeah we did and out of honesty, maybe they'll stop. <laughs> yeah, so, so let me answer the second point first and the first point second. Um, so a cease and desist is a means of enforcing um, a trademark um, in, in, the, in, in, in 
Uh, cut me off. I'm going to try not to get too deep into the weeds. Um, but the trademark, the official registered trademark is what gives you the right to, to, enfor to enforce uh, people not infringing. Um, however, um, just because you don't have a registered trademark doesn't mean you don't have those inherent rights. And so let me fill out the distinction. If you created it first, if you were the first person to use that trademark to cover your branding, then in, inherent in that uh, are those trademark rights. However, you have to register your trademark with the US Patent and Trademark Office to be able to enforce it. So when you register your trademark, that's when you're officially allowed to use that R with the circle around it. Um, and until you have a registered trademark, you still have the right, but you don't have the power to enforce it against copycats. So that's why um, it's it's so it's so important to see if there's a way that you can kind of strategically reach out. Hey, you know, we noticed you guys did this after we did our thing half a year ago. Kind of knock it off. But when it comes to um, being able to enforce legal rights in court, the first the first step that you would have to do would be to register the trademark. So now to your first question you brought up, um, like you said, that takes time. Um, the typical timeline for register uh, for registering a trademark eight to 11 months if you know and that's 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 if things go kind of as planned um so what i tell my business owners and my entrepreneurs that we work with if you really feel very strongly about your your trademark um it's important to to get in early on that because well what can happen and what has happened sadly is you'll invest time hours money thousands of dollars creating branding putting material on shirts creating a website uh, creating logos, all that good stuff, paying people to do this for you. And then six months later, you get a cease and desist because someone has that registered trademark and you have to shut it down. Um, so, so the practical consideration and the legal consideration kind of go hand in hand. If there's a way to, to get someone to stop, you know, bootlegging your stuff, try to try to do that with them as amicably as possible because the path to the necessary and proper trademark registration, it takes some time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Mario. Hey, how are you? And, and on a, on a second note, um, so the, they didn't trademark the name, but they went and LLC'd or incorporated the company. Now, if they did that before trademarking the name, can they go and force the person to say, hey, cease and desist? But you have to trademark that name. Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, so, sure answer is no. An LLC provides you no. Um, no rights when it comes to the name. And that's actually a very common um, a misconception that we have sometimes. You know, people will create an LLC, get a website set up and all that good stuff. And so you being first in time to, to get that uh, LLC and that entity formed, it prevents someone else from having that exact same name. However, when it comes to rights, um, you still have to have the, the trademark uh, form properly. And, and to even take a step further, um, there's some scenarios where someone came around second and they copycatted you, but they register their trademark first and you don't have some of the essential um, elements to prove that you are operating and you are doing business and you're operating in commerce before the copycat. And in some situations, the person that came second can sneak in there and get those rights and steal those rights from under you. There are ways to work around it. There are ways to combat it. Um, but long story short, um, the big idea is to, if you have something that you think is really important and it's really impactful and will, will, will really uh, uh, work in the market and the system, try to trademark that as soon as possible. That's awesome. Thank you again for the question. Um, okay, does anybody else have any other questions related to business? 
legally protecting your business or anything of that nature. Um, we have a message in the chat from Lynette. Lynette said, how can we contact you? Um, yeah, let me tell you. Oh, great. I'm going to respond really quickly uh, here in the chat. Um, so my website is uberlawgroup.com, and hopefully I don't misspell it because I'm trying to type and talk at the same time. Um, and so you can also uh, email me at info at uberlawgroup.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, social media, Uber Law Group. If you search that, it, it'll it'll bring up um, my content. Um, and yeah, so so the the beauty of the situation is, like I said, as entrepreneurs, we need to focus on our zone of genius. We need to do what we do well. And part of what doing what we do well is not doing what we don't do well and finding people who can come on your team and who can help you, who can shorten that learning curve and accelerate you to where your business needs to be. And um, yeah, that's, that's something that I encourage a lot of people uh, to just really consider and change your mindset around how you operate as a business owner. Um, if I can make a really quick plug, um, kind of to that end, uh, I like how I asked, I didn't even wait for the permission. Um, <laughs> um, uh, to, to that end, uh, one of the things that, that we're doing here is uh, we've created a program called the Business Launch Blueprint. And all the things that we talked about, how to set up your business properly, how to protect your assets, how to know the difference between the different types of legal entities and why they're important. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about that we didn't have time is, um, is a general partnership and some of the things that can go wrong uh, with that. And so how you can be burned as a business owner. Um, but we created a program and a course for entrepreneurs to teach you how to set up your business from its foundation to have it running and have it be, be fully functioning as a, as a performing LLC or performing entity. And the reason why that's important is that, you know, you get into business ownership and entrepreneurship because you have a dream, you have an idea, you have a product, you have a service, you have something that you want to give to the world. But I know so many entrepreneurs who, who won't even do that because they don't know how to set up properly. They're afraid that, that the legal foundation is going to be shaky. They don't have the confidence um, that their business is set up right. So the whole reason I created this course is to give business owners peace of mind and confidence that the legal part is set up right so you can accomplish your goals and you can live out your dream. Um, so we teach you how to protect your assets and we teach you how to save big money on taxes. Um, and then also we, we teach you how to attract quality clients and partnerships uh, when you have your business set up right. Um, so yeah, so if you go to my website, if you email me, if you check on my social media or just reach out, DM me, send a carrier pigeon or whatever, um, I'd be happy to, to give people more information about that. And I'm just really excited about that um, because there's, you know, I surveyed over a hundred um, entrepreneurs uh, this past June about what was keeping them from, what was holding them back from launching their business. I expected it to be money. I expected it to be cost, but I was blown away because so many people said, hey, I, I want somebody to help me through the process. I don't know how. I wish somebody could hold my hand. I wish I had the information. I wish I could learn the knowledge. Um, so, so from that, um, just started really heavily working on creating a platform in plain English to teach and instruct entrepreneurs how to have a functioning business at a functioning legal foundation, so you can just go off and you can add your genius to the world. Um, so, yeah, so check out the website. And I love it. And, and this course is available right now, right? Like if we went on today, we could actually buy it. Um, yeah. So, so we can we can sign up right now. The course is going to be uh, live uh, teaching, and it's going to start September twenty fifth. Um, it's going to be a four week uh, four week course, and a four weeks where we're going to break you down from ground zero to everything that I just talked about. Thank you so much for for asking that question, Mary. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome, man. Hey, I'm excited. I need to sign up because you already, I mean, I've 
I got a mind dump, so I'm gonna have to go and lay down for a minute. But after this meeting, but uh, um, you know, the, the, that whole thing about the LLC, you know, because in my mind, I always thought when you LLC the company, you were protected. You know, no one could own it, no matter what. But I didn't realize that trademark needs to come into play too. So that's 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 a common misconception, unfortunately. A lot of people get caught up on like that. But yeah, that those are those are some of the things that, that we just want to have our business owners have that foundation with. And it's you know, it's great that you get disappointed now, oh, I can't have that name as opposed to you dump 10k into all this marketing and branding and content for this name and you just you can take it as a write-off for your business. That's the best thing you can do. But you can't oh, use it to, you can't use it to, to succeed in business. Awesome. I have a question. Okay, go ahead, Lynette. Um, do you specialize in um, medical clinics or is it just businesses in general? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, our firm is a boutique, boutique firm. We focus on business formation. Um, and so that's, that's what we do. We also do some trademark work as well. Um, but we're specifically focused on business formation. Honestly, um, at the beginning of the interview, I talked about the part of the legal world that that really sparked up my creativity and, and brought that light out of me, and that's the business formation. Um, so so I do the same thing day in day out, and I try to get really really good at that so I can offer a great service to my clients. So so that's where our business formation and trademark services. So if someone has already um, you know built up their practice or their clinic or their business, are you able to go back in and see if there's any loopholes anywhere? So, so I want to give a tentative yes, but all these are case-by-case -case situations. Uh, we do do things uh, called an LLC rehab, um, but that's a situation where we'll go in and, and kind of fix some of the internal workings of the company that's not protected or set up properly. Um, but the majority of the time, it'll really be a case-by-case -case basis. And, and a lot of times I encourage people, if you're in a very specific and a niche field, then you should focus and you'd be best served by an attorney that serves that niche field. I'll be the first person to send work away because at the end of the day, this is about your business and making sure you get the best service. So, so I, if I think I'd be the best person to help you all day, but if not, and you have a very specific field that, hey, we need to make sure we, we dot all these I's and cross all these T's, I'll be the first person to, hey, let me try to refer you out and find an attorney who's super laser focused in that area. Perfect, thank you so much. You're welcome, thanks so much for the question. Awesome. Does anybody else have any questions? If not, uh, we want to thank Saludo for joining us tonight. Uh, this has been a wealth of information. <laughs> got a, a standing note. <laughs> um, you guys got the website. Uh, we'll definitely be dropping it on the replay and also um, on the website. So it's uh, ubalawgroup.com. Thank you guys for joining. Obviously, what we've learned tonight is we've got to protect our businesses legally. It's oh, yeah. not a game. Thank you hand. so much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. We'll see you guys on the next episode and thank you guys for tuning in.